When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to part two of our sit down with princesses of Long Island, Miss Amanda Bertosini. And if you haven't heard part one, feel free to check it out. We talk about the origins of princesses of Long Island, how the show was cast, her castmates and fellow co-stars, Chanel, Casey Cohn, all of them, how the show came about. Listen to part one. If you haven't, you could listen to part two without that. It just wouldn't make much sense. And now stay tuned for part two of our chat with Princesses of Long Island's very own Amanda Bertosini. When the show came out, so like, do you think, you know, because again, they portrayed you as right, like, you know, like Japs, Jewish American princesses, like I'm Jewish. I'm just, that's what it's called, people. And, you know, I mean, do you, and like, you know, and having no problems, like living at home, tons of money, life is good, you know, so like, do you think that was like, were you like, wait, you know, I, I assume you don't think that was an accurate portrayal of what you were going through as a at person. The, yeah. At the time I just ran with it because I wanted to be like who they expected me to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't really put it into words, but I was like, what was expected of me almost. And in that sense, it made me want to do better and get more and, 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 be you know this this typical like not like be this typical princess of Long Island but be who they wanted me to be almost and so I wasn't even acknowledging my own self until people started to hate on it and I'm like wait this isn't even who I am like this is a tv show you realize that right and I'm like no one ever asked me about my my real life like I mean that is my real life but I'm filming a tv show at the moment like just a few months before I had to quit my job working at a showroom in New York city because they told me I couldn't film and work at the same time. So I also like, you know, was relying on the money just from the show. I quit my whole job for this. So people like didn't know at all what was really going on. Do you think like to that point, do you think like, well, I mean, because you wanted the show to do well, obviously you wanted to come back for a second season. Like, So, like, did you feel pressure, like, not maybe directly from the producers, but, like, did you feel pressure of, like, I better act like a spoiled little rich girl for the success of the show? Almost like you were playing a character. It was almost like, out of all the girls, I felt like the poor one, which was so weird because to say that I'm poor is just so um, ridiculous, but they made me feel that way. I, I felt that way because um, I remember there was a scene where I was driving a Toyota. It was like, what was it? 
it was a Scion TC. It was my, it was like the best car. I loved that car. And I remember I was going to dinner in that car and whoever was on, you know, on, on the scene that day was like, take your mom's car, which was a Mercedes. And just little things were making me feel like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't like the typical princess of Long Island. And it almost like made me feel bad about myself. Like, wow, I have to like take my mom's car because mine's not good enough. So, you know, things like that, definitely. What about, so when it did come out and all the hate started? Because, okay, I mean, it got a lot of hate when it came out. Yeah. You know, I think like in the, New, in the, in the June 2013 New Yorker, it went, there was an article that just said like the sad princesses of Long Island. And then it went into this whole thing about, you know, this is offensive to like Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here you are like in your twenties making a reality show, like let's have some fun. Like right. what did you think of all that when, you know, your show was being like hailed as like, this is bad, like in very stereotypical negative towards Jewish people. Stereotypically right. negative. Um, so I was extremely upset. Um, and I, I was definitely depressed after everything because, uh, I definitely didn't, um, feel like anything that people were saying were accurate. And there was this one instance where I was, uh, we were all invited to a photo shoot at the New York post and we're so excited for it. And then the cover of it was called like spoiled rotten. And I really wanted to like hang that up in, in my room, like the photo shoot, but then it said spoiled rotten. And I want to like frame the New York post thing. And I'm like, I don't want to frame this. I'm not spoiled rotten. Like this isn't anything that I am. And it just made me feel like I had to defend myself constantly. And I didn't even want to leave the house because you know, Great Neck is such a small town and everyone was like really excited for me and was rooting for me because we're putting Great Neck on the map almost. And when they saw cameras, they were so excited about it, the town was. Um, And then when that came out, it was almost like I had to defend myself. I had to defend Jewish people. I had to defend Long Islanders. I had to defend Great Neckers. I had to defend everyone. And like, no, we're not like this, you know? So it was, it was a lot, and I, and I feel like we could have had more help than we did, and I think that we were just set up in a way where they wanted to see, okay, can they kind of fend from themselves here, and we're going to just see how this unfolds, and if it unfolds well, we'll do another season, and if it doesn't, we had nothing to do with it. That's just how it felt. It didn't, felt, it didn't feel, we had all these PR people that were like our go-tos. And then like when things like this were happening, they were so silent. And I feel like we could have had more help in that direction because it was a lot to put on, you know, young 20 something year olds that have never been on TV in their lives. And I know the other girls very well. And um, even though I don't get along with all of them, none of them are what people said, none of them. and even like the people that even like the ones that don't work like the ashley's of the world like do you know what kind of heart she has do you know that she took care of her mom until her deathbed do do you guys know anything about like her actual life no so it was just it was just 
you know, everyone was getting it. We were all being attacked in some way. And it was just really heartbreaking. And I remember we all had a conference call, like at the end, um, it was almost nearing our contract ending to see whether we were getting picked up again or not. And it was just kind of like, guys, like this, this isn't going to happen. I don't, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, this is going to work. And we all tried collaborating together in this big email and like to no fruition, obviously. And we were just kind of from that point, just left in the dust to fend from for ourselves. And it really affected my life afterwards, um, where I had to try even harder to be taken seriously in the work in the workforce. Um, and after the TV show, I took, you know, my my job very seriously because uh, I had one before the show, and then I had to get one again. So it was like it was my reputation, it was my being, and 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 people would see, you know they would Google my name and be like, oh, she was a princess of Long Island. I don't want to hire her. She's probably a brat. And so I really had to, um, and, and it was brought up in so many interviews, even at, even corporate jobs that I've had, they've asked me about the show. So they even knew about it before I would walk in just by seeing my name. So things like that were just really sad and really hard to go through. Who did you feel set up by? Like you said, like, I mean, you felt set up. And like when you said PR people, like what? Like the Bravo PR people? Like when all this was happening, no one would return your calls or like go and do press on your own and just figure it out? They, well, what I'm seeing right now in the world and what these Bravo celebrities are doing and the kind of backing or support that they have is something that, do you think that we seriously got that? <laughs> do, do you think that? Do you think that we were given even a millisecond of a chance like these housewives are getting that are actually like disgusting and doing horrible things? I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the sham cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I would take it by the tone of your voice, the answer would be no. No, uh, we weren't. We, I mean, you would feel that because you would feel, you would see like us trying to like, you know, be out there and things were canceled on us rather than them saying, you know what, go to these functions, speak on your, you know, defend yourselves, like speak. If anything, we were canceled from it. So we couldn't, we were silenced. It's like, 
we weren't even able to go anymore. We were canceled from even watch what happens live. Really? Um, Why? And Kim actually took my spot. Really? Yeah. Wait, okay, so slow down. So you were supposed to go to watch what happens, like you are all the princesses. Yeah, me, no, it was me, Ashley, and Chanel. And we were picked to be on Watch Happens Live first, and it was the biggest moment in my life. I couldn't wait to be on it. And then literally like the night before, or it wasn't even like a big, we didn't have a lot of time. We were just canceled like right before. And then Kim D ended up going on. Cause I'm like, who's going to fill in in such short notice. And then Kim D did. Um, so yes, yeah, so, uh, I think that if we weren't canceled from so many things, we would have had an opportunity to stick up for ourselves. And what happens? You just like open your email and it says like, dear Amanda, um, we no, just please do PR. not show up tomorrow night at watch what happens. The PR girl would call and say, you guys uh, are no longer going on watch what happens live. I'm so sorry, but with everything going on, it's better if you guys don't go. So, and then, and that happens a lot. It like, we had a lot of things that were set up and a lot of things got canceled. So we were just silenced and we weren't even able to speak about anything that was happening. And by a lot of things going on, this PR girl meant what? Like the press, all the negative press? All the negative press, yeah. She she didn't want us to even go on these... Um, like we had things that were scheduled and we and they were just being canceled because I guess they didn't want us to speak about it but if anything you know speaking about it would have at least given people insight into what was really going on or hearing from us or or something and we were just like silenced and I feel like I mean if you would ask anyone that's like a huge Princess Long Island fan they they felt that because they knew that all of a sudden we were gone (laughs) like we never appeared again so we weren't, we aren't even played like during the COVID, like quarantine, like, and all these marathons were played like from back in the day. And still to this day, we're silenced. And it's really strange because there's a lot worse that these housewives are doing. They're beating each other up. They're supporting horrible things in America. Um, and, and they're still on TV and they're not, being silenced, they're actually giving the platforms to like speak more on their behalf. So right, and you had so besides yeah. watch what happens, you had other like Fox Five or whatever the other things you know press, and it just all yeah, got we had canceled. a lot of events also and parties that we were doing and hosting and going to, and we were just canceled from that. And also, yeah, different out press junkets, and it just when you think about it now, it feels really unfair because we were just left with these titles about us so to speak and we weren't able to even defend it or speak upon it what do you think because you mentioned twice about these housewives that are acting inappropriately like what do you like what are some examples i mean when you're like first of all when you're watching all these um all these shows that are dealing with the coronavirus like they you're watching right now like let's say real housewives of atlanta so they're like talking about the masks. Like, oh, we got the COVID test so we don't have to wear these masks, right? I mean, can you imagine if me and the other girls were acting like that? They'd be like, these dumb, 
spoiled Japs are spreading the COVID everywhere. And like with the Housewives of Atlanta, I feel like everyone's just like, ah, oh, they didn't know yet. And like, I don't know, like no one's like giving them heat as if, as, as we were given heat. Like I feel like everything we did was so magnified. And then like discussing like what people are supporting and, and uh, you know, people like housewives are actually like getting into physical altercations, like, and they're still invited to the reunions and they're still invited on Watch What Happens Live and they're still able to, you know, speak their piece, even like the after show or on bravo.com or something, you know, they're, they're given all these platforms and, um, and Kelly from Real Houses of Orange County, like, uh, you know, everyone's able to defend themselves and even like the Jackson Britneys of the world, like, are you joking me? They're disgusting. And, you know, Stassi, when she gave her statement and actually like, spoke on, I think it was a Tamron Hall show. Tamron Hall, yeah. I felt her, like, humiliation and her actual, like, I felt her saying sorry as real. And I, I, I was watching, because I'm watching her and I'm seeing her face and I'm seeing her mannerisms and I'm, and I'm feeling for her. I really, I did. I really, I took her apology sincere. I really did. And, um, you could, you could tell, um, for me, I mean, other people might have a, you know, a different outlook, but for me, seeing her, um, you know, speak on it and being emotional and stuff like it looked real to me. And I I felt like that, that helped her, you know, and in defending her herself and her reputation. Were, did you have flashbacks when Stassi was on Tamron Hall, like giving her apology of like, this is kind of what we went through? Yeah, and I was, like, thinking I wish it was handled differently. What were your, like, did your parents, like, were they, what did they say at this time? You know, when it was all over, like, this cast gives Jews a bad name. That's pretty much what it boiled down to. That was in print in many publications. You know, and to say, like, also not just spoiled and Jewish, but, like, you know, you were a bunch of girls, like, looking for husbands. Yeah. That implies, like, that's a stereotypical, you know, that sets the women's movement back. All of this stuff was in right. print. man. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, for myself um, and my parents, they knew that I was different from that. They knew that also, you know, um, with my religion, I've been, um, my whole life I've been celebrating, like I said, like, you know, the Catholic religion and the Jewish religion. And also I've worked my whole life. So my parents just kept like reiterating that to me. Like, Amanda, don't want these people. These people don't even know you. They wish they had what you had. That was like a big thing they would say. They wish they had what you had. They just, these great neck girls just want to be on this show like you. Like they, they're just jealous they didn't get picked. And that's kind of like what my parents were saying. But um, for me, I, I was feeling like, wow, this is going to be larger than, than what it is. Um, and the fact that I'm still having to talk about it and defend myself shows that um, it really is. And it really wasn't handled the, how it should have been. I wish I had more opportunity to speak and defend myself. If anything, we were told to just be quiet. So, Who I told you I- to be quiet? <laughs> Uh, you know, bravo. And yeah, bravo. 
just in that why anything you say is just going to add fuel to the fire. Yeah, I remember um, being at, it was like our pool in Great Neck and um, I was like just laying there and I got a call from one of the PR girls and they were like, you cannot say anything. Don't even write back. Don't do anything. Like just, just be silent. And that's, and that's what I was told to do. And And silent over what? Like people wanted what? Like quotes about like, are you this way? Like why is, um, for instance, you know, the after buzz show. Yeah. Like they were, they want, they were reaching out and wanting us to come on. And then when there was so much negative press, going on like basically production was like don't don't go on that show don't you know if anything it's gonna hurt you guys just don't go on you know just say no things like that whereas if I don't know what do you think like maybe if we did go on we, we would have been able to like talk about it more and, and actually make it better Do you think that, you know, because this was a different time, like, I mean, Facebook, like, what is Facebook? Like, do you think that if this, you know, if we had Instagram and Twitter back then, do you think it would have been different? Because, I mean, you can't silence someone. I mean, I guess, short of certain circumstances, like, if we had Twitter and Instagram, do you think this would have been different? Because at least you could have spoken. I mean, look at Kelly Dodd. She speaks all the time on Twitter and Instagram. Well, we had Twitter. Instagram was still very new and it wasn't anything like it is today where you could go live and you could do these stories and things like that. Um, I think if we had more of the social media, I think, first of all, I think our show would have been even more popular. Um, And I think that, yeah, we would have been able to at least comment or tweet something or, or say something that represents you. Um, but yeah, back in the day, it was really Twitter. That was it. What about, cause I mean, okay. So Jersey shore comes out and the town of seaside is up in arms. Doesn't want Jersey shore people there. Look at these Jersey shore. People are such a bad representation. Like Snooki's arrested. She's falling down drunk. Well, you know, Jersey shore has gone on. Snooki has millions and millions of dollars and has retired basically from Jersey shore dancing with the stars. She's like blown up. Look at Pauly D Jersey shore survives. I mean, we have mob wives. It's literally taken new Jersey housewives and, elevated it and we have actual Sammy the Bull, the underboss of the mob's daughter, Karen Gravano, who is the nicest human being ever. Mob Wives goes on. I don't even understand how you could make the show Mob Wives about the mob. <laughs> so like, I mean, what was it about princesses that like these other shows are met with criticism? Jersey Shore is like, look, this is stereotypical. Not all Italians are like this. The Shore is not... And these shows go on to survive and make a gazillion dollars. Like, what do you think it is about princesses that it just, like, was it the lack of support? Like, was it Bravo's fault? Like, did, was it the lack of support? No, it's network? not Bravo's fault. It's no, it's, it's really no one's fault. I think, you know, maybe it was, maybe I think, I think it was just the fact that the Jewish element was added in there. I think, I, I don't know. I think it really broadened everything. That's the only thing I could think of other than also the fact that we were young and just judges being spoiled. Whereas Jersey Shore was more like people could 
people could see themselves hanging out with them maybe and like actually having a good time. Whereas maybe they looked at us as like, you know, just girls with sticks up their asses and maybe we're just, maybe it's easier to make fun of us because we're rich and it seems like we have everything together and we have everything that we want. Maybe that, maybe that's why we were chosen as punching bags. I, I'm not really sure what the difference would be other than, other than something like that. I mean, that's a valid point. You know, I mean, maybe it was the perception that you had no money problems. Right. <laughs> Even though, you know, I, I had to quit my job for the show and you know, the way that the show paid out was like a certain percentage of your total monthly. And it was like, it was different every month and it was nothing like what I was making full time. So if anything, I had a salary cut (laughs) and living, um, beyond probably my means because I ended up getting my hair and makeup bill taken care of by, by uh, the production company because I couldn't afford it. Well, here, so I have heard from others, yes, that you guys had hair and makeup. That was actually one of my much. questions. So like you had hair and not, not just you, like I think. Well, the other ones, did. I think I'm the only one that got it. Um, I got the tab taken care of. I think I'm the only one. Well, let me tell you, if you were a housewife now and you wanted hair and makeup taken care of, they would tell you to go fuck yourself. Really? Like they don't, they don't, they have to pay for their own really? hair and makeup for the most part. Yeah. No, I assume they all had glam. Like they do, friend, but my best friend is Julius Michael and he does everyone's hair. So he I know Julius on the scene. He's my best friend. Are you serious? I'm like really good friends. We'll have to talk. Yeah. Oh my God. So Julius and we I met at an event and Monica, his partner, um, who I love, uh, Monica was like, you need to go over to Amanda. Like that show is going to be huge. And then he went up to me and I got my hair done by him. And then we just fell in love and like became best of friends. And till this day, I mean, I mean like they, they, Florida, Julius, first of all, is love. Second of all, they cover like, you know, like if you're going to watch what happens, but like, I mean, if you're like on set and you're going to something, they don't. Well, do you think that's what led? I mean, do you think the show was canceled just because of the negative like press? Yeah. You do. The ratings were were really good for a first season franchise, anything. They were. Now, here are just two other things that, I mean, do you think either of these contributed to the cancellation? I, I agree with you. I think the press, but I agree now it probably have a different outcome. What about the fact that, I mean, there were all these rumors that like you guys were all not just fighting amongst yourselves, but you all were pretty demanding towards Bravo. I don't know. I wasn't, I mean, that's just what something, I'm not saying it's true. It's just something I heard that you guys that were like. Literally, David, like that rumor needs to go. That is like, and I can speak on my whole cast. That is like, if anything, we were like little minions that were like, what should we do? What do you want us to do? Like kissing their ass because we didn't want to mess up. Like demanding, are you kidding me? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. We didn't have anything. We would have like 12 hour days and not eat or longer. I mean, we never even complained about anything. That's crazy. 
I listen, yeah, I'm just see how that could be, you know. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach and rather than focus on the food, they focus on why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish fish, Starburst, you name it. I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less. I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use also. And what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at noom.com slash velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at noom.com slash velvet. And Noom is N-O-O-M, noom.com slash velvet. Go there, sign up for your trial, and let me know how it works out for you guys. It's great, and it has really helped me. This is why, you know, this is why we ask questions (laughs) to get clarity. What about the whole, I mean, listen, we have to bring it up. We have to bring it up so we can move on. But what about the whole controversy that did involve you with this statue? It's in print. I'm not bringing anything up that's not out there. Listen. The most trade center just come up behind me. Yes. I swear to God, that's, I know. Oh my God, I'm going to die. I know, like now, now, now you're freaking me out. So you are standing in front of a picture of the Twin Towers, like that wasn't planned. But you know, this whole thing that this, like there is this scene that it was filmed and that you went up to like the firemen, the 9-11, like fallen firemen, the statute in Great Neck and we're like making fun of it or feeding him a drink. And that there are people that say that is why so, the show was canceled. So I was never allowed to speak about it. And when you're threatened, okay, not threatened. When you're in a contract with a very large company, you don't want to, um, you know, go go against their contract, even even if it would save your livelihood. But I think at this point, um, I'm okay uh, because it has to be said. So. That the park where I had my photo shoot it is a park that I used to go to as a child, and it was like it was called it was like the Great Neck Park or something like that. Then I obviously lived in the city for a while, and when I came back, I think it was it was turned into a memorial, and I had no idea. Um, my best friend Ilton planned the whole photo shoot. You'll see him in it, and also this model. And he picked the park and I had no clue. I just showed up like everyone else carrying like a million drinking keys and bottles and all this stuff. And when you're going to have your company on TV for the first time, the only thing I was thinking about was, is the drinking key fitting over the cup right or does it look stupid? And that was the only thing I was looking at. I didn't even notice that it was a memorial. I had no idea. And it sounds so stupid but it wasn't when I lived there. So I 
if I had known that before, I wouldn't have even done it there. And then people were saying I was feeding, or the model was feeding beer to the statue, and there's no alcohol. It was just, it was an old Pepsi can, not that that matters, but it was a statue, and they were just, you know, like, in, they just wanted to be, like, candid, like, as if they were, you know, candidly, like, posing with a statue. They weren't trying to, like, um, hurt anybody or be disgusting in that way because those people that were doing that weren't even uh aren't aren't even people that would do something like that um I think they were just trying to be cutesy and they were just trying to simply take a photo with a statue and then uh I remember being in Florida and my episode of my drink AD photo shoot that I was looking forward to this whole time was mentioned in Glamour and for me, at 24, I'm like, this is the biggest thing that could happen for me and my company. And then I didn't, so there was no negative feedback, even in that Glamour article. So I had no idea what was about to happen. And I was on vacation in Florida. And then, like, a few days later, um, the world was just, like, flipped up behind me. And, um, and I offended someone that... I actually knew, I knew that family. And I just felt so awful that like I called the sister and I remember having a phone conversation with her for like over an hour. And then the next day she like threw me to the press and was like, yeah, Amanda called me to apologize, but I don't believe anything she says. And like totally discounted like everything we spoke about like a few days before. And she was so nice to me on the phone. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. Um, just say I'm sorry to my father and like got him on the phone. And then she like completely went against me in Newsday a few days after when that was so, that was such a huge moment for me. And I thought that we were okay. And then she like just fed me to the wolves a few days later. And then in my heart, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I, gave you my soul like I I brought myself like down so many levels to be like I am such an asshole I never thought that that would happen I never realized what was going on at the time if I did I would never ever do that um and then she just basically discounted everything I said and like went against me and then after that I just felt like there's nothing that I could do that could be right because even the person that like I apologized to was talking shit about me and I thought we were okay. And Bravo wasn't helping me. Um, and no one was helping me. I was in a huge depression like for a while. And then I sold out of my drink hankies. And I remember I had to put sold out on the website and I got yelled at for it because they thought that I was promoting that my drink hankies were selling out despite such a horrible thing going on. And like, I never meant it to be like that. I just couldn't afford to pay for production again. So like I had to write sold out. I wasn't trying. So things were just taken so out of context and like, I couldn't say anything about it. And like till this day, it just, makes me like really anxious because I was never able to defend myself or even speak upon it. And at that moment when that happened to me, it was the darkest time of my life because I, I felt like a terrorist. I can't even say that 
And I don't know how, I, I just felt it. I felt like that. I felt like people looked at me like that. Like I was someone that like did something bad, um, like, like a terrorist would do. Like I, I was a part of 9-11 almost. Like that's how I was being treated. And as someone that's from New York that went through 9-11, um, a lot of the kids that were in my school, I remember that day very well because a lot of their parents worked in those buildings. And I just remember, you know, going through that time and to say that I was, um, you know, just someone that would piss all over like a monument like that or some in that way is, is just ludicrous and um, you know, it's just something that happened that I wasn't even able to speak about. And God forbid I said that I didn't pick that place to film or God forbid I said that other, like there were 20 other people that were there, (laughs) you know, also as part of the crew that could have said something, right? And no one did and no one said anything. And yes, I should have been aware, but when uh, it's your first time on a television show and you're, you're something that you invested $10,000 of your own money with your father is going to be on TV. You want to make sure it looks good. And that was the only thing I was worried about. And so someone could have said something to me that was, or, or just said, we shouldn't film here. They should have just taken us right out. I don't know why there were 20 people just standing around acting like this is okay. Production, I, like with Stan in production yeah, film. Why didn't they just, Ghost, what if it was that horrible? If you had to edit it out of the uh, out of the season, then why didn't you just take us somewhere else? Why didn't you say something to me? It's like we rolling with it. I don't understand. Well, that's what it seems like. I know, and now that you know, I'm thinking about it or talking about it out loud. You know. But at the same time, like, who who would want that kind of press? So I, I don't know why someone, why they would just continue to, like, let that happen. I don't know. Does that I, come up? I mean, like you said, like, when you apply for jobs, I mean, like, you have a job now. But, like, when you applied, like, somehow without it being on your resume, princesses always comes up. Yeah. And then, and then obviously, for a long time, like, the negative articles about 9-11 were, like, just first page and that's all you would see and it makes me look like this controversial person that has like that's not aware of anything in life did that like prevent you from getting jobs for a while oh yeah for sure and um you know like I said like I was depressed for like two years over this It, it really it really just stabbed me in the heart because I felt like I had something going for me and then it was just taken and it wasn't even like really my fault. And I wish I could have, I just wish I could have um, not been there or just opened my eyes a little you know, wider and just seen what was going on and took myself out of that situation. But at the same time, there are other people there that, that could have done that and could have said something and they didn't. It's interesting they didn't. Are you, you know, because listen, I do think like once you're on a certain reality show and you're like known for being on that show, it is harder to get another reality show. So first, like, how did you, I mean, 
you know, you're on princesses. It is a huge thing at the time. Like you said, the ratings are big. You're on red carpets. And then just to have all that taken away, like, were you just like, you know, that's why, like, I, I always tell people now, like I have friends, someone's just texted me the other day, like, oh, the show I was in the mix for is like, it's, it's scrapped. I'm like, what show were you in the mix for? Like, was there a network? Did they film it, sweetheart? Oh, like you had an idea. We're talking to someone in casting, sweetie. So right. like, you know, you know how it is. Like I always tell people like, sweetie, even when you have the first season, no, second season, like, the, call me in your third season and then congratulations. I'm really happy for you. Right. So like to have all that and then to have it go away, like how was that? So that, that was, I think that's like a big factor of like the depression that I went through because, um, like I said, I felt like here I was about to take off and then everything was shut down for me. And then I felt like I wasn't wanted anywhere. And I remember my dad would like come in cause I still had my company at the time. So he, I like wasn't leaving the house cause I was scared. Um, there's also like a time where when that nine 11 thing happened, like firefighters were threatening to burn my house down. That, really? that firehouse and it was really horrible because I grew up in Great Neck and the fire department um was one that I knew from a little girl and then they were like I know where Amanda lives we're gonna burn her house down I was getting death threats I was getting things like that from firefighters and then I'm saying to myself like how could they even talk? How could the firefighter, how could they even talk to me like this? Like, how could they even say that? They're supposed to be heroes. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you hate me this much? I, like, how do you not even know my character at this point? But, um, yeah, it just, it felt like I wasn't wanted anywhere. And I just stayed in my house. And I remember my dad was like bringing me food and bringing me my orders. And I was like packaging them in my, in my apartment and like, doing all this stuff and he just kept bringing me shipments like every day and he was just helping me a lot because I, I did not want to leave the house and maybe I lived if I lived in the city it'd be very different but when you walk out and like everyone knows you it's just it just was too much for me to handle right like you don't want to go to the Starbucks or no, whatever even if and then the events and everything, like it took me a while to like be back out because I was so scared that I was going to be attacked and questioned for something that I had no, you know. What about like, okay, A, if you're on for years, I mean, look at Bethany Frankel. Okay, that's like a rare occasion, but it could have exploded your company and like the fame aspect. Were yeah. you, despite what was going on and the death threats and all of that, were you just like, I could have been famous? Like, did the fame factor into it? And like, oh, it's taken away? Oh, yeah, of course. I was like, I thought I was going to get all these like crazy, um, well, because it was actually happening. I was getting these companies, especially in the fashion world, that wanted me to like represent them and, um, and, and wear their clothing. And I was even in Mandy's. The drink kinky was in Mandy's. So wow. I don't know they didn't buy again because of that. I don't know. I don't know if they didn't buy again because we didn't get another season. I don't know, but big things were happening for me and it was just ripped up from underneath me. And I just had to figure out what am I good at? What can I do? And 
in the midst of going through all this press stuff, I really loved the whole, you know, world of journalism and correspondent work. And um, I just started to focus on that and I joined backstage and I just started to focus on a new chapter of my life and a new career. And maybe that's also why I didn't continue with the drink hanky. Like people still ask me till this day for drink hankies. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I haven't, I haven't made them in years. Uh, I only have like a few left and that's just for me, you know, I have like a special leather one that I like also made for Andy Cohen and then, um, and Isaac Mizrahi, I think I made that one for him too. And, I, and then I just have like just basic ones for myself, but you <laughs> love your Jewish gaze, don't you? Isaac, so Isaac Mizrahi tweeted, I need a drink hanky stat. And when like the king of fashion writes that, I ran to his office in the yes. with a huge like bouquet of drink hankies. And when I walked in, I thought I was going to get to meet him and like give it to him. And like the like girl at the, at the front was like, okay, I'll give it to him. And I'm like, no, I will. And she's like, no, 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 no. You can leave it here. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. He wrote on Twitter that he wants this. <laughs> She was like, honey, it doesn't work that way. She's like, honey, like, there's a lot of you. Right. She's like, you're not walking in the back to Isaac's office. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I wonder if he ever got it. <laughs> I mean, he lives right over here on 12th Street. You could go. Really? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he ever used it. At least he used to. Um, and then, so, I mean, to that point, so do you regret having gone on Princesses? I don't regret it because at the same time, um, I think that it, it was meant to be in that time of my life. It, it gave my family something really fun to look back on that we still talk about to this day. And it really, you know, gave me a thick skin. It pushed me in the direction of this career that I have now. And who knows if I would have been as ballsy or, um, and it also put me, you know, in a situation where I was able to, um, figure out like who are my true friends and that's mm -hmm. something that I don't know I would have been able to do at 25 it probably would have happened to me now <laughs> but um I found out very early on like who was true and who wasn't and um yeah it was a, it was a great lesson in life and you really can't regret anything first of all because like it does teach you you know like the pitfalls of reality TV, so to speak. Like oh everyone thinks that being on TV is like everything. Well, like I'm friends with a lot of housewives that are not on TV anymore. So people always say to me, like, Which she is, should, I know. Like she should be back on the show. She should be. And I'm like, okay, like this one doesn't want to be back on the show. This one doesn't want to be back on the show either. That one over there that you just mentioned wants nothing to do with the show. It's like, I think there's this perception that the goal is to be on a reality show and there's a lot of people that have been there that are like I never want to do it again I'm very happy in life right now it was just such a horrifying thing that happened it happened to me too I, and at the same time it's like people are going to say oh my god how could she say that but I never intended I wasn't the one like you know hugging statues and doing things like that so I know I got a lot of heat are you over the fact that, you know, cause you mentioned like you call this producer that's now high at Bravo. Like, are you over the fact that like you went on princesses, it was a huge hit. It had controversy. It was canceled. Mm -hmm. That's just is what happened. Like, are you 
over it? Like, are you chasing the, like, I lost my 15 minutes? No, I want to be a host on E! Like, hello, I just want to be on E! I want to be on, like, Extra or, like, Inside Edition. That's my dream. That's my dream. But I would like to watch a marathon. Like, they could play it because I think Babs stole all my DVDs or someone did. And because they would send us DVDs each week. Yeah. And um, I would love to just watch it. <laughs> well, listen, you didn't get the marathon during COVID, but you know what? You are on the Bravo website under shows and like Blowout with Jonathan Anton and Million Ma- Millionaire Matchmaker with my good friend Patty and Blowout with Jonathan are not there. Really? Just putting that out there for the for the listeners. They're not there. Oh, that made me feel. I have my own ideas of why they're not there, but I'll keep them to myself. But princesses, talk to you more. (laughs) Princesses is when it says you know past Bravo shows. Princesses is listed, so you're ahead of Blowout and Millionaire Matchmaker. Oh wow! Well, I mean, yeah, million. I mean, where can everyone find you online? Okay, so everyone can follow me at the real Amanda B underscore. So it's Twitter and Instagram. And then um, I have my Facebook page under Amanda Pertanzini. Thank you so much. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.